Welcome to Urban Forum Northwest with your host, Eddie Rye. We are broadcasting from uh, Evergreen uh, State College, the Tacoma campus, where Dean Marsha Tatarunga is the dean of the school. Uh, the school has a history and a half. It was started by uh, Dr. Maxine Mims, the queen. Uh, I know that uh, Dr. Joy Hardeman came through, uh, Dr. Gilda Shep Shepard came through, as well as folks like uh, attorney uh, R.T. Young and attorney Barbara Laners also was a, a retired professor here. So we'll be talking with a number of them. Uh, we'll also be talking to uh, Ray Connell, who is uh, the honorary counsel for Jamaica at 2.30, and he will be joining the conversation by the executive vice president of Evergreen State College, uh, Dr. Dexter Gordon. You might recall Dr. Dexter Gordon from the Race and Prodigy series that he did at, uh, when he was at the University of Puget Sound. So we're expecting for Dr. Tata Runga to join us at any time. So is she here yet? I'm, okay. I'm right here, Eddie. That's great. That's great. Well, Eric is an engineer back in the station, and we were a little concerned because you didn't get right on. But anyway, now that you're here, uh, Dr. Marsha Tata Runga, Dean of the Evergreen State College Tacoma campus, we'd like to have you talk about the festivities that uh, – you have put on for today uh, at the at Tacoma campus. Well, thank you, Eddie. I tell you, it's such an honor to be here with the civil rights movement of the Pacific Northwest. We're focusing right now on Seattle and the King County with some of the greats like Larry Gossett. Uh, he got to talk today. Former civil rights attorney Barbara Laners is in the house. And of course, yourself, Eddie Rye, we are so honored to have you people in the room at the, at the uh, Lyceum of Evergreen State College. We thought of doing this because we want to have uh, a, a record of thought about what occurred during the 60s, early 70s, and we wanted to capture this and have it archived for our students to see because our students are primarily concerned with doing social activism in, in the Pacific Northwest and beyond. And so we knew that they needed to visit with some of the greats of our time. And we're so honored that we got you all while you're healthy, vibrant, great memory, impeccable memory. So I, I just can only be so proud. I'm the Dean of Evergreen State College Tacoma campus. A lot of people know about Olympia, but they don't know that Tacoma campus was founded by Dr. Maxine Mims. Uh, she just turned 94 years old this month. So these are activities we are doing to preserve uh, our culture, our history on behalf of the, the, the shoulders that we stand on right here at Evergreen. So. We're just so proud Dr. Mims is here and she can witness uh, some of these uh, social activists of the 60s. Now you have quite a lineup today. Uh, so who do you have ready to, Barbara Laners, Larry Gossett? Yes. Uh, who do you have there that can, that can speak to us right now about well, their experience from today? It's audio only. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> so now that I've confirmed it's audio only, <laughs> I have the I have the whole crew here. I have uh, Professor Barbara Laners. You might remember her from the uh, Chris Radio Station. I have Larry Gossett here. 
in my office and I have the impeccable, awesome Dr. Gilda Shepard with us, our famous sociologist and community activist who just completed her film, her celebrated international film, Since I've Been Down, about the uh, incarceration experience here in, uh, here, right here in Washington State. And I'm also joined by Rhonda Gossett, the, the better half of, of Larry Gossett, if you'll allow me to oh, say yeah. that. <laughs> and That's an accurate. activist in her own right. Oh, indeed. Yes. But, um, Barbara Laners and I, uh, I co-hosted with her uh, on uh, Community Potpourri back in 84 when Reverend Jesse Jackson was running for president. So I want to start with attorney Barbara Laners, retired professor of Evergreen State College Tacoma campus. So Barbara, why don't you just uh, share a little bit of your history, not the whole half an hour, but just a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> just a little bit. You've done so much for so many. So I just wanted you to share a little bit about your experience being here uh, nurturing minds and expanding minds of the students you came in contact with at Evergreen State College Tacoma campus. Well, that kind of came natural to me because, you know, I grew up in the Bible of segregation and I've had folk who encouraged me, not only in Louisiana, but when I came to Washington, that whole folk like Walter Huntley and Dorothy Hollinsworth and those folk. And whenever there was an opportunity to be had, they would always encourage us young folk because they said that you coming after us and you got to build and make it better for us. And I can remember uh, being in uh, Seattle with uh, Dr. John Adams, John Hurst Adams and Sammy McKinney and the late Ed Pratt. And what impressed me most about them, they were established, but they always encouraged all of us coming after them. And they made a way for us. They made when when there were jobs were not plentiful in Seattle. They made sure that young black folk coming out of college when the poverty programs were established had jobs of substance and those kinds of things. And then you know, I the opportunity to be on radio was started with Soul Dialogue on KYC, and then from there I went to. Uh, KRI's uh, the Chris Bennett broadcast folk and was there for a long time with you, Eddie Wright. But what I remember about you, Eddie Wright, we used to always get in good trouble. <laughs> Whenever there was a, something that needed to be done and they'd call on us, we'd do it. Yes. So it was and we still here. Yeah, we still here. Doing good trouble. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and we, the work we do, we've done, and especially you continue to do is work that has enabled and advanced the community, you with Larry Gossett. And Larry doesn't take a, a lot of credit for what the changes at the University of Washington, because that was on the shoulders of Larry Gossett, E.J. Brisker, the late Verlaine Keith Miller, Kathy Halley, and all of these folks. Those were the Carl Miller. Those were the folk who sat in that old President Oligard's office. And I remember Jerry West and girl, they took over the president's office. I said, <laughs> president. <laughs> she said, at, in the DC. Yeah, she said, at the University of Washington. And I said, true. She said, Larry Gossett among them. I said, oh, her, her Lord. Son was in <laughs> yeah, Anthony yeah. and all of them, Anthony Ware and all of them. And she said, 
and the community got, you know, she was yeah, in the community know. got to organize around them. She and Flo Ware and Skip Ware and all those folks, remember them? Yeah. The oh, yeah. But yeah. Though, that's a kind of legacy, you know? Yeah, that's true. You know, Gordon D. Whitty was blind. He was there too. He gave an encouraging speech, I understand, yeah. to the rest of the BSU members. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Eddie, if I may. Go I'm ahead, Larry Gossett. The late Gordon D. Whitty right. was profoundly important to the mm -hmm. University of Washington right. Black right. Student Union uh, because around um, the beginning of April uh, 1968, mm -hmm. we had uh, had to sit in at Franklin and we got arrested on April 4th. And then the next week at the BSU meeting, people start talking about, well, or uh, maybe this thing in May, mm -hmm. we should put it off. And, you know, we're going to be down. If we put it off a month, we'll come in June, and which didn't make a lot of sense. And then Gordon DeWitty Jr., born blind, mm -hmm. uh, was at that BSU meeting, and he stood up at it right in the meeting. It was about 15 of us. 12 to 15, because we didn't have that many black students. Mm -hmm. And Gordon said, look, I can see crystal clear that we got to go to the president's office on on Monday, May 20th, like we said, mm -hmm. or we're going to look like we have stepping. And I don't care if none of y'all are going. I'm taking my cane, and I'm mm -hmm. walking over there at the one thirty time that we set. And after he said that, nobody talked about Nobody, we were going to proceed. Gordon Klein said, y'all crazy. I'm going. And, he, and we know Gordon well enough, he would have walked over there by himself. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, Gordon used to ask me to borrow five dollars to take my, my sister Sally to the movies. The yeah. <laughs> oh, he was taking her out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, Larry, in terms of uh, the, the event today uh, that uh, organized by Dean Dr. Marsha Tate Oranga, uh, just give our listeners some kind of idea of what went down today at Evergreen State College in Tacoma. Well, uh, the incomparable Gilda Shepherd, Professor Gilda Shepherd, uh, uh, did a great job of interviewing all of us as longtime community activists. All of us been Barbara Laners, Eddie uh, Rye, and Larry Gossett, and gave us an opportunity through, you know, a little encouragement and helping us remember stuff uh, to talk about the civil rights movement and the great in the Pacific Northwest, particularly in Seattle in the 1960s and the 70s. And we had a wonderful time talking about the changes that communities struggle organized community struggle, sometimes supported by other minorities and progressive whites, was able to make some changes here that benefited Black folk. And it was a great uh, set of discussions and questions uh, that were asked. And I'm is, is Dr. Gilda Shepard in the room? Yeah, Gilda's here. Okay, let's hear, let's hear from the retired doctor. It is yes, I am retired. I'm a full-time filmmaker looking for my film. Okay, www.senceibendown.com. Okay, the Washington State Supreme Court requested, unsolicited requested to see the film, then have me come in for 15 minutes to talk to the justices and their staff. But more importantly, it's in the community and it's now in over 100 um 
uh, jails, prisons, and juvenile facilities nationally. So it's meeting 30,000 people on free tablets. People who are incarcerated are seeing that. And Kamanji Carter, one of the main people in my film, he's getting a, he got a letter not too long ago of, of a black woman who's in a jail in Tennessee and said, I've got, I just got, um, sentenced to 15 years and I'm getting ready to go leave the jail to go to prison. I thought my life is over till I saw that film. It's not seeing the film. It's what I, what I was able to embrace, you know, those stories of people furthest down, you know, Zona Hurston said, what, who do you want to work with? She said, the Negro furthest down. So I always will, will do that. You know, but I learned, you know, what sustains me in that is being having been a professor here at Evergreen State College, Tacoma program and campus particularly, it keeps you in that stead of critical and creative thinking, you know, and now with the leadership of Dr. Marsha Tatarunga that, you know, it breathes life in the possibilities of there's a new world that is possible and we are sure that it is coming. When I first came to Seattle from Detroit, I, the first time I dropped down and a friend of mine, um, uh, Greg Alex, because I used to go with his brother Alex. Joe. Uh, 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 Joe, right? Preston. We call him Preston. Detroit. Yeah. Y'all right. call him Preston. With Preston. Greg. You guys call him Joe. Anyway, so um, <laughs> Greg picked me up. Where did he take me? He took me to camp. I met Larry. I mean, I met uh, 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 you, Eddie, at that time. And then he took me to the Youth Action Council of King County. And I met. Yeah, 14th and yes. I'll never forget that. And, and that's where they took me. That was my entree into doing practice as a criteria of truth. And, and believing in things. And even if they didn't know my background, they knew that if I'm gonna be here as a black woman and I wanted to feel safe in the possibility of change, that I needed to meet these two gentlemen, mm -hmm. these two brothers, then lo and behold, I met Marsha Tatarunga mm -hmm. and we did this theater group of doing movements <laughs> of poetry called the Choreo Poets and Rhonda Gossett, who is Larry's uh, wife, Bella who is better half, Susan Watson, who play all right, mm -hmm. you know, and, uh, and uh, Andrea Rye, who really helped me looking at cultural relative education and mm. in, in, uh, uh, community colleges. And then my dear, wonderful friend, Barbara Laners, who showed me, girl, there's the legal system. There's the justice system, and then there is justice. And everybody used to say, just us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was a glorious day, everyone. A glorious day. It's certainly I want good. to ask uh, Dr. Arunga if she has any questions. She's my co-host for this program. This I want is to see if she a, has I, any, any questions or any issues you'd like to have any of the panelists address. Well, you know, I uh, thank you so much, Eddie. This is such an honor to be, I think, among all of my mentors. Certainly everyone here has influenced, heavily influenced my life. And uh, so it's no, it's no wonder that I am here today uh, as the Dean of Evergreen State College Tacoma and that I am among them. So we're really building a legacy. Um, I want to know, I would like to know what it feels like uh, my colleagues to be together again after so many years in the trenches. And now you're able to reminisce and to recall some of these important thoughts. 
What has that meant for you today? Well, for me, being the elder, it's meant a lot. And these youngins, Larry and Eddie <laughs> and all these folks coming yeah. Uh, 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 yeah, yeah, right. Me. I'm 29. <laughs> who, you know, like Walter Huntley said, you have to bring folk up after you. They've come after me and they have done marvelous kinds of things. The <clears throat> lessons that were taught and passed down that carried, uh, carried through in ways unimagined. Mm -hmm. And I salute them for that. <sighs> Beautiful. And also thinking, um, Eddie, I'm looking at this question, not just for uh, the people in this room, but also to you, asking you about, now that you have lived this long and seen the fruits of your labor and been able to reflect, what would you have to tell some of the people who are activists today? They're in the trenches now. There's a lot of confusion. Sometimes it's hard for them to be on one accord. How, what, what advice would you give to our young people right now who are trying to build movements? I think the most important thing is to have a say-so in the legislative process. Uh, right now, uh, the legislatures include their business today Right. But it's important to have an effect on public policy. And uh, right now, uh, a lot of the hearings are held uh, uh, virtually. So you can go online and sign up and you still can uh, call your elected officials, address any issues that you might think might help the black community. And uh, so I would in, uh, encourage people to engage. Uh, you know, the Seattle City Council has like nine districts. The county council has nine districts. Uh, every every district has two state representatives and a, a state senator. As a matter of fact, Representative Sharon Tomiko Santos just called me a minute ago and let me know that the Senate has $500,000 in the budget to pay stipends for students in, uh, in, in uh, uh, the uh, MLK Gandhi Empowerment Initiative training program that will make some of our people proficient in technology. Uh, the House had us in for a million, but uh, Congressman Bobby Scott, chair of the House Education Labor Committee, says, if you get a local investment, we can help. And now we have that. And we'll be moving forward. We have a, a collaboration of folks who are from India who recognize the fact that had not been for blacks in the civil rights movement, they wouldn't be here living large. They want to give back. Mm -hmm. So it was really a joy to meet people like Ron Diskin, Data Budu Dash, and others who are involved in the technology industry that want to work with African descendants of the United States and slave. So that is our target. Uh, they're only we're, uh, we're only about three blacks, about three percent of the of employees of digital technology. But all those are not African descent of the United States enslaved. They're black folks from everywhere else, which I have nothing against. They're my black brothers and sisters. But there got to be something special for the people that built this joint for free, as my daughter would say. And uh, after that and every war and uh, 254 years of free indentured servitude as known as a slave. Uh, you know, it, we are old, and I'm not ashamed to say that. We are old because we paid our dues. Okay. So uh, I would encourage uh, uh, folks to look at uh, the way the pie has been cut up. Mm -hmm. Right now, African Americans, African descendants are doing less than 1% with all government agencies. Thank you. And the fact is, when they put white females into the federal money, right now at Sound Transit, white women and Asian businesses are being waived out of the program. Because whites usually, white men usually do the selecting. They don't select black people. That's all it is to it. That's why it's less than 1%. Even though we're the ones that kick the door down and start these programs, we're not benefiting 
and I'm in consistent uh, contact with members of the Congressional Black Caucus to make sure they use their clout as long as they have it to effectuate some change for their people. Eddie Wright, may I say one thing? There's a movement that people are exalting, especially senators from Louisiana talking about affirmative action and what's going to happen. But they need to be reminded that their daughters and wives are the primary beneficiaries of affirmative action, not black folks. That's exactly right. If you look at the numbers, the numbers don't lie. They don't have a personality. Right. As a matter of fact, we had to file a, uh, a complaint uh, against the mm -hmm. state of Washington and the governor because of the fact we have nine disparity studies all say the same thing. Mm -hmm. African descendants of the United States and slavery are being discriminated against. When you get less than 1%, you're being left out. It's because it's a white male dominated that kind of culture. Sure. And economy, yeah. and they favor their daughters. As a matter of fact, we remember when they transferred their business interests to their wives and daughters. That's right. Yeah. Eddie, uh, yep, I want to uh, real quickly get in the unique uh, perspective of Rhonda Gossett on this because she was involved culturally as well uh, as educationally in the BSU and other movements that we've been talking about. But as a mother and grandmother, I want to ask her what she want to say to the young people that are listening to all the civil rights in the Pacific Northwest. Give it. I already taught my children God first, family first, community, and you know, um, justice begins at home. I remember that was one of the poster signs March that we had the annual March. March. It's really important to take care of home and community. Thank you. Thank you, Eddie, for your show. And thank you, everyone, for training um, all these young people and people in the community to um, be able to become um, leaders, teachers, and educators and carry on. Thank you. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Ms. Marshall, we got two minutes before the break, and I'm gonna leave that to give you that two minutes to do what you want to do with. Oh, hey, I I just I want to tell you I have seen walk into this office, and he he's looking forward to talking to you, uh, Dr. Dexter Gordon, who people know from UPS, but he is now our executive vice president at Evergreen, and he'll be on at two thirty with uh, the uh, the honorary council of Jamaica. Ray yeah. Con, attorney Ray Connell. And so he, he needs is, to be he, he needs to be in your office. We're gonna take a he's break. So in a ready. He's so ready. He, and, he's so ready. And he's always ready. I also, Eddie, <laughs> I wanted also to tell you that this is cutting news about Evergreen State College Tacoma. I mean Evergreen State College receiving six hundred thousand dollars from the state legislature for prison education. Stop it! And so this is brand new. This came out today. We are so excited because I'm in a room full of people who have committed more than a decade and more uh, to prison education for free. And, you know, I got to tell you, when, when I was spent uh, a decade inside Monroe Prison as a volunteer teacher, I was able to be in touch with African-American men on a regular basis. When the money came in and grant funds were made available for students to be enriched in the prison, they were no longer Black students. Yep, I can see that. And okay, so we're going to take a break, uh, Marsha, and come back with Ray Connell and Dr. Dexter. But all you guys stay in place.
What so, a pleasure. Uh, we're going to take a break and come back after this. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity of Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The Port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion, and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the Port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at portseattle.org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.seataxshops.com. Why sit in bumper-to-bumper -bumper traffic when you can hop on Link Light Rail and fly by the gridlock? It's a smoother, easier, stress-free way to get where you want to go. Whether you're heading north to Capitol Hill and the University of Washington or south to Columbia City, Tukwila, and the airport, Link Light Rail will get you there quickly and safely. And if you have an ORCA card, even better. Just tap on the yellow card reader when you get on and listen for the beep to let you know your card has been accepted. Then tap your card reader again once you've reached your destination and listen for the double beep to let you know you've tapped off correctly. To find the closest Link Light Rail station or to learn how to get an ORCA card, just go to soundtransit.org and type Link Light Rail into the search bar. Sound Transit's Link Light Rail. Just another way that Sound Transit is powering progress. There's a reason they invented the internet. It's called 1150kknw.com. All right, Eddie Rye back at Urban Forum Northwest with my next guest. But before we go to Ray Connell, I want to thank uh, the City of Seattle's Purchase and Construction Services Office for their support. Uh, Sound Transit, John T. Robinson, Civil Rights Division, Equity and Inclusion, and also me and Rice with the Port of Seattle. I want to give a shout out to the Sound Transit Board Chair, City Council Member from University Place, Kent Keel. So my next guest is uh, Honorary Council for Jamaica, Attorney Ray Connell. So welcome to Urban Forum Northwest, Honorary Council. And why don't you just share with us a little bit about your background before we talk about you, uh, your Honorary Council position. And we'll also be joined a little later by Dr. Dexter Gordon, the new Executive Vice President of uh, Evergreen uh, State College. So welcome, uh, Attorney Ray Connell. Why don't you uh, share with our listeners a little bit about your background and then let's talk about that important position that you've been appointed to. Thank you, Eddie. Just briefly, I came to Seattle in September 1972, and I attended University of Washington. And uh, Eddie, I think you were in charge of Model Cities back then, and I got a scholarship for $90. Oh, that was camp. I was, I was a director of the Educational Talent Search Program. That's how we got hooked up. <laughs> And that $90 paid for my tuition for that quarter. So if I didn't thank you before, which I'm sure I did, want to publicly acknowledge that. I attended UW, graduated in business, and I went on to law school, and I have a private practice right now. I was born in Kingston, Jamaica, 
but I grew up in a little country town, Morant Bay. Morant Bay is famous for its agriculture and the Morant Bay Rebellion, which was a slave rebellion, slave uprising in, in 19, sorry, 1865. In October, 2020, I was appointed to the position of the Honorary Council, Jamaica Honorary Council to Seattle. And I was replacing Honorable Enid Dwyer, who subsequently passed. I've been doing the Honorary Council since 2000. My primary responsibilities would include helping Jamaicans uh, either a green card holder or a U.S. citizen, because Jamaica does recognize dual citizenship. And so I assist people with getting visas, passport. Uh, I, part of my responsibility is to encourage trade between state of Washington and Jamaica. I report to the embassy in Washington, D.C., which is where the ambassador is. And I also commanded a portfolio of the Minister of Foreign Affairs and Trade in Jamaica. So that's the governmental body or agency that re that's responsible for the honorary councils around the world. There are over 80 honorary councils, Jamaica and honorary councils throughout the world. And that's primarily our responsibility. I also see Larry Gossett in the, <laughs> is this a setup? You know, Larry is responsible for me going to the UW and that goes way back. So my two heroes are online, Eddie and, and Larry, very instrumental and effective in helping me to be where I am. So those are the giants that I met when I first came here. God put them in my way and <clears throat> they were very instrumental in assisting me and helping me to be where I am. So thank you again. Well, you know, we had also invited uh, another powerful Jamaican, Lance Little, who is an aviation manager at SeaTac, but he was at meetings. Have we been joined by Dr. Dexter Gordon? Yep, yeah. I'm, I'm here. The doc is oh. here, so here's your homeboy. Hey, doc. Homeboy, say something. What's going on? Nothing, sir, but there. What's going easy. Larry said he don't understand what? Oh, man. Yeah. Larry is retired, so he can join us in Jamaica now. We can, yeah, I, I, and he we, can pick up the language then. Yeah, yeah. And you're talking about you can have have a dual citizenship. So you're saying if Trump gets reelected, Larry and I can become J Jamaican citizens. There you go. Oh. <laughs> well, Doc, why don't you, Doctor Dexter? Why don't you share? Because you know you were really. Uh, I thought you'd be the president of, of the University of Puget Sound. You were doing so many things, attracting so much attention to that university with your race and predatory uh, uh, exam. I mean, events you had every year, I think in October. And uh, I was pleased to hear that, you know, you're now the executive vice president of, of uh, Evergreen State College. 
and executives usually end up being the president. So why don't you take a few minutes and share with a little bit about your background with our listening audience? And it's, it's, been, it's been a pleasure just meeting you and working with you over these years, and you've never bit your tongue. All, all these years in the Black Collective every Saturday morning. So thanks for the opportunity to be here and to join this other giant of a Jamaican. I'm, I'm so pleased to hear uh, where he ended because, you know, in my work, sometimes we have to do this high level of education and political work that uh, teach our people that we only came off the boat in different places. <laughs> and so the struggle is a, a single struggle enacted at different ports and in different countries. So the efforts to divide us, I want to just speak strongly against them. So the solidarity that I've found with this group of people in this room and, and learning the legacy, because I started in graduate school because I wanted to get an understanding of how Marcus Garvey did his work. Mm -hmm. And when I came to the United States, I found out that he built on a rich, strong tradition of abolitionist work. So right. I, I just want to start there before I even introduce myself. I was born on the other side of Kingston. Morant Bay goes to the east. I was born to the west of Kingston, which is Old Harbor Bay, 30 miles west on the same coast that gives us Morant Bay. I grew up in uh, Jamaica's largest fishing community. Old Harbor Bay is made up of hardy people who do fishing. My father was a fisherman, my mother was a fish vendor, and we're talking about small scale fishing. Usually three men in a dugout canoe, now they have outboard uh, engines, but that's my heritage. Grew up with children who would go to the beach every day, especially on weekends when we are not in school. I can remember the sensation of going to the beach anytime between 10 and noon, you're looking out, look, looking out to see your father return. And if he doesn't, which some of them did not, because these were men who went fishing with no navigational tool, not nothing but the North Star. And my father told me that they navigated using the elements. So what he loved is a black sky, a dark night, because then he could see the stars. What he hated was white out. <laughs> so if all he could see was whiteness, the stars were hard to see. And so uh, that's the kind of people I come from. My mother would be waiting on the beach and she made a business out of selling the fish. My parents raised 14 of us on their fishing. I never seen my father with only one job. My father was a fisherman. He was also the uh, representative. He was the union delegate, uh, an early organizer of what was the Bustamante Industrial Trade Union. 
he was a leader among his group. My father was the person to whom people came to have documents read, uh, interpreted, and he, I heard him organize these union meetings. I heard him organize these men, telling them when they got paid, they should bring some of the money to him so that he would give the money to their families, their women and children, before they headed out to gambling or drinking or anything else. And, and I saw these men give him the money. I saw my mother organize women and men. I saw her sitting on her back step and the women would come to uh, bring their partner money. And uh, some of you might know that as Susu. Uh, that's how these people among whom I grew up, who were not part of the regular banking system, they organized their own banks and it's out of that they that they built their houses and built their lives. I saw men come to my mother for uh, money to get started in their fishing business. And I saw them come with the reports of how the business was going. So I came from Old Harbor Bay, uh, did undergraduate work in Kingston, then did a master's degree at Wheaton College. I could only go on to undergraduate work because of a scholarship. And so I am really uh, very careful to express appreciation to those who paved the way for people like me. My, my parents- Alfred, I wanted to make sure that Ray Connell had a couple more minutes, but go right ahead, uh, Dr. Okay. Warren. So Ray, what I wanted to say is that my parents' generation, my parents' generation are, are the kind of people who would walk up to you and slip something in your hand. That's how I got through school. They organized a bus trip to come to my graduation. My brother and I graduated together. There was a busload of people from our community who came to support us. Okay, Mr. Ray Connell, we got about three minutes. I want to make sure you get in, honorary council. Okay, you have questions or? Eddie, you have a question or? Well, no, no, actually, I would rather have Dexter ask you the question since you're his honorary counsel. Dexter, you got a question for Attorney Connell? Ray, you talked about Enid. I know. Uh, Enid Dwyer was the honorary counsel for a long time. Um, uh, tell us about a little bit about what that transition was like for you. Thank you. That's a good question. Thank you for the question, doctor. Mrs. Dwyer, I mean, I got a bunch of stories that I can tell you. Like each name, there's a story. When I first came to Seattle, I met Mrs. Dwyer through my cousin. And she lived over in Montlake and every day you could go by her house and she had a pot on the stove and you could get a warm dinner as a college student. That was a real important thing for us. And so we would hang out with her. So I call her Aunt Enid. And it's out of reverence to her why she earned that title. I refer to Walt Braithwaite as Uncle Walt what was another person that's been very good to me. But Enid, you know, what was such a such a, 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 a significant instrument in my life 
that it's it's hard for me not to think about her in 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 every step. She taught me a lot, and during my learning process, she taught me how to do emergency passports, uh, what you need to look for, and introduced me to the folks who were the decision makers. And so from that standpoint, I learned a lot. I learned how to organize. For example, she created this organization, Friends of Jamaica, Seattle. F-O-J-S, and she kind of was the creator of that, and that was born out of every year Jamaica would get beaten up by hurricanes and storms, and we didn't know how to get resources back there. So we formed Friends of Jamaica, Seattle, and that was primarily to help the people in Jamaica so we could get things there in, in the event of a hurricane. From that, it mushroomed into creating services for Jamaicans here. And we do a lot of funding of education, provide scholarships for Jamaicans back home. And we also assist people here in Seattle. Another thing I want to point out is with respect to trade, we have about 690 farm workers in Eastern Washington in Brewster. And they pick apples, peaches, pears, cherries. And they're, so we have about 600 men and another 190 women that come up from Jamaica and they do the, the, the picking farm work for Brewster. We also have a bunch of Jamaicans, about 36 who come up annually to do work in the fish processing plant here. So, and then at the end of the fishing season, they return to Jamaica. This has been a really boost, great boost to the Jamaican economy because these guys take back millions of dollars, not only in their income, but resources that they can start their own businesses and their own enterprises in Jamaica. So, uh, Council, I need to have you hold on. We've got to take a break. We're going to come right back after these three minutes with Marsha Ring. I want you and Dr. Dexter and Marsha and everybody to hang on. So, Eric, let's take this break and come back for the last 10 minutes. Hi, my name is Mian Rice, the Diversity of Contracting Director for the Port of Seattle. As a public agency, the Port of Seattle serves the community and our investments should benefit everyone who lives and works here. The port is committed to equity, diversity, and inclusion, and to leveling the playing field. That means continuing to open doors to contracting opportunities to all, especially women and minority-owned and disadvantaged businesses. How can you participate? List your business in Vendor Connect, a database of contractors. Attend PortGen workshops to learn how to do business with the port. Learn more about contracting opportunities at Port Seattle Org. For more information on operating a concessions at Seattle Tacoma International Airport, visit lease.seataxhops.com. Why sit in bumper-to-bumper -bumper traffic when you can hop on Link Light Rail and fly by the gridlock? It's a smoother, easier, stress-free way to get where you want to go. Whether you're heading north to Capitol Hill and the University of Washington or south to Columbia City, Tukwila and the airport. 
Link Live Rail will get you there quickly and safely. And if you have an ORCA card, even better. Just tap on the yellow card reader when you get on and listen for the beep to let you know your card has been accepted. Then tap your card reader again once you've reached your destination and listen for the double beep to let you know you've tapped off correctly. To find the closest Link Live Rail station or to learn how to get an ORCA card, just go to soundtransit.org and type Link Light Rail into the search bar. Sound Transit's Link Light Rail. Just another way that Sound Transit is powering progress. Make us part of your daily routine. Alternative Talk, 1150. All right, Eddie Ride back at Urban Forum Northwest. And uh, we have uh, Larry Gossip in the background joking with uh, Dr. Dexter Gordon. Is uh, Marsha Tater, Dr. Arunga on the line? Absolutely. Yeah. You know I'm right here, Eddie. Okay, I want you to go ahead and take off, man. We got about uh, about nine minutes left in the program, so anybody didn't get a chance to say anything, but I want to thank Attorney Barbara Laners. I want to thank Larry Gossam. I want to thank Rhonda Gossam. I want to thank Dr. Dexter Gordon. I want to thank the Honorary Council of Jamaica, Ray Connell, and all most important, uh, the, the pilot of this ship, uh, Dr. Marsha Tater Runga. So go right ahead, man. So grateful, Eddie, that you came to Evergreen State College, Tacoma today, to broadcast your radio show. What an honor. And I know that this is going to go down in history. We are in the room with Larry Gossett. You know, Larry Gossett may not remember, but he was one of the my first employers at King County Youth Action Council and camp. And uh, Eddie, you don't know, but we always admired and watched you from afar with that six inch afro and you know that activism and your fabulous voice we just knew you were off the chain Rhonda Gossett who I shared stage with as an activist on stage choreo poets Barbara Laners, oh my goodness, social, uh, uh, the uh, civil rights attorney who when I was a young child and I'm so surprised to think about how much I remember as a young child these are the people who shaped me. And as Ray Connell was speaking, thank you. Good to see you, Ray Connell. So glad to hear the work you're doing. You know, as I hear you all speak, yes, you were influenced by African-American activism, but we were heavily influenced by Marcus Garvey, by Stokely Carmichael. Stokely Carmichael single-handedly on, on, on television impacted me as a very young child and changed, actually changed my activism, gave me a sense of power. Uh, Emil Cabral, these are the names that really help shape us here. So this Pan-African connection, this cross-the-way connection has helped to strengthen us as a people. We are not a people of just a uh, borders. We have no borders. Africans are Africans wherever they are. And I tell you, we could only be so proud. You should see the progress we're making with Dr. Dexter Gordon at the helm of Evergreen State College. I tell you, Eddie, you've been here today. I hope you all feel renewed as we are. Our students are in awe. We've just been so inspired by your presence. And you know what? That's what a college should be, bringing the live stories to the people and making sure that these stories are shared among our scholars because they're going to take the places of these 
uh, elders today. And so I don't know if there's any final comments from this esteemed panel. Hey, Ray, this is Barbara Lane. It's good to see you. Hey, Barbara. How are you? I am good. It's so wonderful to see you. I'm glad to see that you've been elevated. Come <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> I don't, I, don't, I don't know if Barbara will admit or not, but I used to work for Barbara. Yeah, oh. <laughs> <laughs> One Small of my first world. jobs as a lawyer. Yeah. That's and beautiful. I, yeah. I remember Marsha from, from school. Um, yes. Wow. University of Washington. We, we can speak it. We can speak it. Many of us are products of the University of Washington, but we have now expanded to some right. of the more relevant colleges. And I'm just so pleased to be from UW, but now at Evergreen. There's right. so much more we can bring to the table now. So we look forward to seeing you, Ray. We need you to come to our campus and share with our students this good news about Jamaica. Absolutely. Awesome. And, uh, you know, as things open up, you should put Jamaica on your repertoire, places to visit. Absolutely. Um, remember, that's the home of reggae and reggae. rum and some of the finest food you can think of. So. And the Great Limb Howl. Well, we spent, we, oh, and the Great Limb Howl. You know, oh, yeah. we, I, spent, uh, I spent 15 years in cultural reconnection. Uh, taking delegates of uh, women activists to Kenya, East Africa. Uh, and um, this has been actually documented in my, my dissertation. It's called Back to Africa in the 21st Century, which is a play on Marcus Garvey. Uh, but I think that we are ripe for a discovery, different explorations we can do in the diaspora. Certainly, Jamaica is a first stop. Oh, yeah. Dr. Dr. Dexter Gordon, are you still with us? Yeah. I, I want I, to make sure. Go ahead and I want you I, to have. I, I am very much here and, and, and looking forward to being part of making those connections between Evergreen and Jamaica because we've, we've got to strengthen Evergreen's international profile and make sure that we have international students in the mix because that's how we give our students perspectives on the world so they understand that we build locally, but we engage globally. And mm. as a professor, I've been involved in taking groups of students to Jamaica over a number of years. And I look forward to working with Ray, because one of the questions I would have for Ray is, how do people connect with uh, all of this information that he has and this great work, because I am I'm excited to learn about Jamaicans in Brewster. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is news yeah. for me. Let's go. We we've got to go go find them because just two weeks ago, I opened a, a focus session on uh, farm workers, and I didn't have Jamaican workers in my mind. On this side, wow. when I think of Jamaican farm workers, I think of the East Coast and I think of Florida and, and the yeah. South. So yeah. 600 I, men wow. and 190 women oh, and 36 wow. fish processing folk. Yeah. We got to talk about them and talk with them. Yeah, you know. About their experiences. Let me tell you this. You know, in the Ukraine, there were 60 
over 60 Jamaican students mm -hmm. that were that they, they were there were students there and they were moved from Ukraine into Poland Poland and onto um Berlin which is yep. where the Jamaican embassy is and I think they're home now yeah there are students their students in Moscow who are trying to get out so these are things that I have to deal with on a real-time level yeah. um, because parents would call me and say, hey, my son, my daughter, they're trapped in Moscow, can't get out. So they're there. Hmm. We can set up, and I want to share a quick story with you. In Jamaica, in Boystown, do you know, Boy you remember Boystown, Dr. Oh, oh yes. I, okay. I go back to Jamaica twice per year. We recently did a project with the Rotary Club here, the Rotary Club in St. Andrew, and Friends of Jamaica. Oh. We were able to secure 125,000 US dollars to build a well in Boystown to provide water to serve over 3,000 people per day. That is great. We did that here. Kali Smith went to Boystown. Kali Smith started playing cricket for Boystown. Some of the greatest football players, soccer players, track cricketers came out of Boystown. And this, in which is where Trenchtown is located. Yep. I get excited about this stuff. There yep. is a seven square block area in Trenchtown where 33 33 international musicians come out of. Google it, check it. No, no. Bob Marley. Hey, everybody, we're out of time. I love this conversation. And we're gonna have to get something that's off the air so I can hear more of these stories because they're very intriguing. But I wanna thank Larry Gossett, Rhonda Gossett, Dr. Dexter Gordon, Marsha Tater Runga for organizing the whole thing, Attorney Barbara Laners, uh, attorney, uh, retired Dr. Gilda she uh, Shepherd. I want to thank all y'all for today. This has been a blessing. Thank you very much. And Larry, you and I have to get a dual citizenship for Jamaica in case Trump there is really. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Care. So I, I want to just uh, say I want to thank uh, the City of Sales Person Construction Services Office for their support, Sound Transit, Civil Rights Division by John Tay Robinson uh, for diversity and inclusion, and also uh, me and Rice at the Port of Seattle Diversity Contracting Office. And hopefully, uh, we'll be able to do something with the MLK Gandhi Empowered Initiative. We've got good news there. Uh, so these stories about Jamaica, I want to get a little closer to and make sure that I visit there. So thank you all very much for everything today. We really appreciate you, Dr. Marsha Tatarunga, for organizing. Oh, thank all you, this. Eddie. Thank okay, you now, so much. Thank you very much. Okay, Eric, thank, thank you very you. much for the day, brother. All right. All right.